Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Press podcast. Today we get the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Pat Meyer. She's not only one of the illustrators for the hymn journal When From Death I'm Free, she's also one of the co-founders of Visual Faith Ministry. We'll be looking at Chapter 7, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. That starts on page 67 of your books. We'll begin with prayer, and then Pat will read Philippians 3, 7-10 on page 71. I'll read the devotion on page 72, and Pat and I will discuss a little bit of what those paradoxes in that reading mean for us in our life today. Then we'll have a chance to circle back around and talk about the goals and ideas behind Visual Faith Ministry, and Pat will unpack what she was thinking as an illustrator of that beautiful artwork on page 69. We'll get a chance to listen to a rendition of the hymn in our podcast today. And Pat and I will end by discussing what next steps Jesus is putting in front of us this week. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for walking on this journey together. It's good to know we're not alone in a time like this. I'm glad you're here. I'm here on Lake Shemung again in Brighton, Michigan, and it is a blustery day, wind whipping across the lake. It's a beautiful spring day. The rain is making the grass nice and green. Pat Meyer, would you please tell us where in the world you are today? Well, Justin, it is blustery up here too. I am up in Frankfurt, Michigan, where Dave and I own a home. It's raining and I will say that the grass is greening up though. It's looking a little bit like spring. Yeah, that's an exciting time as we get ready for Holy Week and Easter. Uh, I'd like to begin with prayer. That's kind of been my habit as we encounter Scripture. I know that Jesus promises to be present, so I want to be aware of that. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your promise that's new every morning. Thank you for the promise in the green grass. Uh, every spring we get a hint of new creation and resurrection. We thank you for that. As we walk closer and closer to your cross and open tomb this very strange uh, Lent and Holy Week, we invite your Holy Spirit to be with us. Will you please open our minds to the scriptures that we might get to know Jesus a little bit better. Thanks for being with us today. Amen. Amen. I read from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Mm, amen. I love that passage. Thank you. Uh, is there... Is there something that, as you read it this time through, really kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, um, I guess the best way to describe it is just noticing the up and down of the words, <laughs> yeah. verse by verse, like gain and loss, or all loss, surpassing worth, and the up and down feel from the height of surpassing joy to the depth of everything is loss, and then 
like in the middle of it all, the word that jumped out to me was faith. Mm. You know, all the suffering and gaining pointing to that which comes through faith in Christ and then the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him. Mm. And then um, I think, too, at the end, it just seems a little gentler up and down. You know, not that I'm perfect, but I press on because Jesus has made me his own. Yeah, it's certainly full of paradoxes. That that last part stuck out to me, too, after um, all these, as you said, great contrasts, ups and downs. And then Paul yeah. just wants us to make sure, you know, check back in. Hey, n- not that I'm there yeah. yet. You know, I don't, don't think that I think I'm there yet. But this is right. the life of the right. follower of Jesus. It's It's got life and death, joy and sorrow, uh, rubbish. That was one word that really struck me as you read it. Just the rubbish is a pretty strong word. Um, wow. Well, I'd like to uh, turn the turn the page to the devotion and and sit with that. This kind of ups and downs are a part of the devotion for this week as well. The teachings of Jesus are full of paradoxes. The first will be last. Whoever wants to be greatest must be a slave. Those who lose their lives will save them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. The death of Jesus is full of paradoxes. At the cross, we see the greatest justice and the greatest travesty of justice combine. The symbol of kingship, a crown, is interwoven with the sign of sin's curse, thorns. Sorrow is mingled with love. We boast and glory in this shame. Our greatest loss is also our greatest gain. The lives of those who follow Jesus are full of paradoxes. You are called to love your enemies. You are spurred to constant and active engagement in a life of faith you can only passively receive. You are invited to die, but only so that you can truly live. The cross shows us clearly the breathtaking beauty of the ugliest moment in human history. And the cross sends us out as people of paradox, people who pour themselves out yet are never empty, people who suffer great loss and yet own the world, people who are riddled with weakness and sin and yet shine like the stars in their splendor. The power of the cross turns people inside out and the world upside down, and we will never be the same.
Those were the first two verses of When I Survey the Wondrous Cross from the Hymnal Project. Pat Meyer is with us today. She's one of the co-founders of Visual Faith Ministry. And as we talk about this hymn and this chapter today, Pat, I was wondering if you could let us know what Visual Faith Ministry is all about and, and why you were a part of founding it. Well, Justin, it, it kind of goes back about seven years ago when I met my friend Connie Denninger. Um, mm-hmm. She introduced me to Bible journaling, and uh, that really spoke to me uh, just because I've always been, you know, one that, oh, I, I need to do my Bible study more. I need to, I need to not forget about it. Mm. And um, just the whole process of slowing down and reading and uh, responding in my Bible really a- appealed to me, and it uh, it grabbed hold of me, I yeah. guess. And so, uh, just you know, we would talk back and forth, and um, I started actually teaching the processes of what we now call visual faith, which includes visual prayer and Bible journaling and other processes, mm-hmm. just a slowing slowing down and focusing. Started teaching that alongside with Connie, and uh, we were traveling a little bit and doing that, and then emails to share with people that wanted to know more, we finally decided, well, we need a website to kind of store all our resources and teaching and ideas so that we can more easily share with people. So that's kind of how the, um, you know, Visual Faith Ministry website and what we know, you know, now came to be. Yeah, that's that's great. So I heard you mention a couple of times the slowing down or taking time. Uh, What's that all about? Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, I I was brought up in the church and from a child, you know, as a child, you know, uh, you know, read your Bible and you want to talk about God, you want to share your faith in your life. But I always didn't have those words with me. I didn't have the memory for that. And I found that if I, you know, took sermon notes or even if I just reflected on a passage uh, from Scripture and then wrote something down along with it, maybe in the margin of my Bible or a journal, um, then through the week, I just those words were easier to come through my lips to share with other people. Um, and as an educator, I think it made sense to me uh, because the visual, the kinesthetic, the hands-on learning um, is mm. known to help you retain information more. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're doing when we slow down and we write or connect in some, you know, visual way, it helps us remember. I'm reminded of that ancient prayer. I think I saw you share it not too long ago on Facebook, uh, the prayer that we might read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. And it seems to me this whole project is about taking the time to sit with the scripture so it becomes a a part of you. You inwardly digest it. But you're not just a co-founder, you're also an illustrator for Visual Faith Ministry. So, Pat, I was wondering, as you sit with Scripture, or in this case, a hymn verse, and prepare to illustrate it, what's your process like? Well, I think, Justin, what I usually do is, um, you know, my goal is always, how can I add an illustration or write the words in a way that is going to edify and maybe inspire or make the truth clear to someone who is reading this particular Scripture? Mm. So probably the best way I can explain that is um, referring to uh, the illustration that I did for this hymn, which is on page 69. Um, So uh, my assignment, if you will, for this (laughs) was to do something with a cross. So I thought, hmm, you know, a cross could really be an image for most of these 
things. So what would be different about this cross? What might a wondrous cross look like? Mm. You know, the wondrous cross of this hymn. So, you know, when I'm doing an illustration, probably the one thing that I do a lot of times is I love definitions. I look up a word because we throw words out there Mm. so easily. Mm. And if you look at the definition, it kind of gives you a richer uh, meaning of the word. So I looked up the definition for wondrous. So it was something to be marveled at, inspiring a feeling of wonder and delight. Mm. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cross. I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, and then, then sometimes, you know, it gives you the syn- synonyms like amazing, awesome, fabulous, marvelous, stupendous, surprising. So I guess I started with the opposite of the typical straight lines of the cross, you know, something surprising. So I did flowing lines. And that gave it a feeling of movement, yeah. kind of like the cross you know, had a secret so awful, wonderful that it was almost dancing with excitement. Mm, mm. And, you know, I didn't plan that. It just kind of happens while I'm thinking through it and drawing. And sometimes it doesn't work and I start over, but this kind (laughs) of worked. And then um, the phrase, I just, you know, I was brought up in a, as a child in the Lutheran church and I went to Lutheran grade school back when we had to memorize, like starting in kindergarten, the hymns. And I remember memorizing this in that phrase, sorrow and love flow mingled down. It just always sticks with me. So, you know, again, the definition of what is mingle, you know, two separate things bringing together in a oneness that they're still kind of separated, but they can't be separated. Mm. And um, when I looked up that word, there was like a Greek word in the entomology of it, Mm. if I said that right word, entomology, that what meant to need. So, you know, that it made me think of needing something together where it's two different things, but you're really bringing it together, Mm. that sorrow and love. Mm. So then that came to the, the illustration of the teardrops and the hearts flowing together on the page. Yeah. And then the heart almost being like two teardrops joined together, Mm. you know, the shape of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then the words, always the words. I try to fit those in with the image. And so the the love is bigger than the sorrow, the Mm. amazing. And then I wanted the word demand to um, really stand out because it's not like we have a choice. You know, God demands all of us, soul, Mm. life, Mm. and all. Mm. And then I think the hands were a last-minute thing, you know, just to kind of break up the hearts and the teardrops. But, you know, me, my response, giving my all. Yeah. Or the, re- the reader to God. Yeah. yeah and, and even the hands have kind of the same flowing lines as both the hearts and the, and the teardrops. So they kind of blend. They, you needed them in there really, really well. Uh, I see the right, word life right. has some of these uh, almost floral or uh, leaves, green leaves, and th- those show up on the cross too. Is that... Uh, what was your thought with yeah. that? Well, kind of an illustration of life. You know, mm-hmm. I always think of growing and sprouting. Mm-hmm. And then um, I use that little doodle a lot in my drawing. Mm. And it also also seems to reflect kind of the teardrop shape, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. It's another that, that that petal is another teardrop or heart shape as a part of it. Right. Uh, I loved what you right. said about the cross dancing. It It definitely has kind of movement on the page. Uh, and the combination of sorrow and love of the of the of the hearts and the tears, what a beautiful way of getting at the text of this hymn. So this is kind of what you're talking about with the visual faith and the visual faith illustrations. Now this isn't the only method or tool that you have in your toolbox as a visual faith illustrator, but in this case yes. you're illustrating this hymn 
and you're trying to take the message of the words. Now, how are you imagining that I will use this? As I sit down in my family life or my devotional life, I want to color page 69. How, how would you imagine I'm going to do it? Coloring, coloring really slows you down. Coloring has um, an effect on you that is calming mm. and stress-relieving. Um, that's why art therapists use that in hospitals mm. and in other situations. So I think it's partly realizing that that's how God created us and that you would, um, I think in the coloring too, it helps with focus that you're you're doing something with your hands, you're coloring, so you're not looking around and maybe thinking other things. And just to help with focus of those words, slowing down and as you're coloring to really think about what sorrow, what was Christ's sorrow like? What was the pain he felt? And then the love. So, so that type of thing mm-hmm. that you're uh, thinking about the words. And we think about a lot of words, but sometimes, you know, we go on with our life and we're still doing other things. Mm-hmm. With the coloring, you're, you're sitting, you're focusing, and maybe the Holy Spirit is working to bring some other thoughts to mind that you need to hear from God. This sorrow and love flow mingled down, that's that's the third verse of, of the hymn. And I think it captures also something in the text where Paul talks about uh, all these paradoxes, this back and forth. Is there something in your life or, or that you see going on in our world right now that captures that dynamic of, of gain coming from loss or life coming from death? Yeah, yeah. I think there is. If I, um, you know, there's those those times in life that are kind of like lightning strikes. And Mm. I I used lightning strike in the one illustration I did for this, Mm. this hymn. But, you know, and I think a lot of us too might relate with this. There was a time in my life when I felt my life was pretty golden. You know, I didn't really have a uh, story of how I came to faith. I just was brought up in the faith. I hadn't really had any uh, situations to deal with. Everything was going along smoothly. And then there was a lightning strike. We had a 10-year walk with cancer involving three of our family members. Mm. 
and uh, God bringing me to a place of not being in control, of having to rely on others or rely on him fully, Mm. of being worried and stressed. And, um, you know, then being able to look back and see the good in all that, even while we were walking through it. Mm. So while I was feeling the stress and the pain, even while we were walking through it, that I could see glimpses of mm. how he was bringing peace throughout the times of stress and unknown. Mm. So um, we can apply that to today, too. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people who are anxious and stressful. And then, too, just thinking about our recent days of sheltering in, which mm-hmm. we are here in Michigan, mm-hmm. I think most of our country is, you know, we don't have that physical closeness. But the gain is we're maybe more uh, convicted to reach out by phone or online to maybe family members, elderly people we know, uh, that we wouldn't have contacted them before. So we're having more conversations, more important conversations. Um, We have a loss of schedules, Hmm. but now we have a time for maybe uh, longed for slowing down (laughs) that we can appreciate. Um, you know, in our jobs, we're used to speaking and talking to people um, in the busyness of our lives. And now I think everybody's seeing, you know, time with family, time for listening, time for doing those things that we didn't have time to do, but we should have time to do. And then I guess the final, final thought is um, right now we kind of have a loss of control, mm. you know, we are following rules. We are following things set yeah. up for us and, and what's best for us and for our communities. So this loss of control, but yet we have to trust in God's control. Mm. We have to put our trust in him that he knows the plan, that he promises to bring good for all of us mm-hmm. and and look to that. Yeah, um, such a time of, of loss and yet life peeking through in the midst of it. Uh, Just this morning, my family, we would have gone to church as a family um, and probably gone to separate Sunday school classes and then maybe gone out to lunch afterwards, and that's been stripped away. But what happened instead was uh, we sat down and I got out my laptop and we gathered the kids around and we started by watching my dad who recorded a sermon earlier where he is down in Florida and that was streaming. So we got to watch my dad preach and then we flipped over to my sister up in up in Flint and she was singing and, and my brother-in-law did the announcements and I watched my uncle preach and then we flipped it back to Shepherd of the Lakes uh, in time to catch the opening worship there and, and my kids got to watch me preach the sermon then online and we spent a couple hours together and you might be interested to know all my my mother-in-law was there too so all seven of us had these uh one from death i'm free books out and we were all had our color pencils and gel pens and all that kind of stuff and we all were coloring and drawing and meditating as a part of the process as we listened to god's word together as a family and uh that's wonderful yeah yeah, so <laughs> I love that. I love that. A, a lot of loss, yeah. a lot of loss of what's normal. And, you know, my kids are supposed to be uh, on spring break right now, and we're supposed to be going down to Florida to visit my mom and dad, and that's not happening. And mm-hmm. my daughter's mm-hmm. supposed to be at Wayne State University, and she's not. And my other daughter's supposed to be doing rehearsals in Fowlerville for a, a play she's in, and she's not. And yet, in the midst of all that loss, yeah. um, 
God is gracious and Jesus is present and the Spirit draws us closer in something like that. So He does, he does. To, to see the sorrow and love mingled, it, that's part of our experience. That, and I think Jesus enters into that and, and is there with yeah. us. Yeah, and I love Paul's encouragement too to press on. Mm. That's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to and what we can uh, put forward there for the people who are listening, just press on. Pressing on sounds like a great next step following Jesus this week. Uh, do you think that's the thing he's inviting you into? Is there something else you sense he might be leading you towards? Hmm. You know, I think for me, I am learning a lot from the slowing down and uh, being apart from everyone. Mm. So I, th- I think my next step might be just maybe rearranging my priorities and to look for time to be face to face with people that Hmm. maybe I neglected in the past Hmm. that I'm thinking about now. Yeah. That's great. So, um, how, how might you going to make a list? Are you going to draw, draw a picture? Are you going to make a note? How, how might you get a (laughs) list of people that you want to stay connected to? Well, you know, Justin, for sure, something hands-on like that, either a list, <laughs> a list or a picture, because, I don't know, at my age, I forget stuff unless yeah, it's written yeah. down, sticky notes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I'll make a list. Thank you for that. Hey, you know what? That actually reminds me of something I, I think I picked up from you, but it might have been from any number of visual faith people. I've heard uh-huh. you or somebody in visual faith ministry talk about having a, an artifact uh, or a, I think you called it a, a selfie of our time with God, just yes, something concrete yeah. that you can put your yeah. hands on. It becomes a reminder of your devotion, a reminder of your prayer, like a list of people that you want to you know, maintain contact with. That's a physical reminder of your prayers to God on behalf of other people. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about that concept of, of a, a physical artifact of your faith. Well, yeah, I do talk about the selfie of your time with God because I think we're hard on ourselves. You know, we mm. often say, oh, you know, we remember the times we haven't prayed or we haven't had mm. our regular Bible reading. And to have something to look back on and see God's grace in it all. Um, you know, as you talk about a list, I'm thinking right now, I'm looking right here at my uh, visual prayer. I have a template here, and I've been writing down names of people I've prayed for. So I actually already have my list. Oh, there you go. And um, I add to it every day. There's a little bit of space. I'm going to have to probably print off a new one soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I can look back. And then um, even when I'm I'm talking, I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, in the future, you know, it's important to pass down stories of these times with our kids, stories of faith where mm. God was with us in the hard times, and to have these prayers and to, to look at them and say how God answered prayers and look who, who we were praying for, what we were praying for at this mm. time. These were mm. the concerns that we had, and God was with us. It's important yeah. to have that for, for faith legacy, I guess, is what you call Thanks. it. Thanks. Thanks. I think I heard you say that uh, the next step Jesus is inviting you into, he's already been shaping in you before you realized it, which is also a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, yeah. you just had the idea, I'll, I'll make a list of people to pray for. And, oh, look, I've been making a list of people to pray for. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks. I think uh, I've I printed out a couple of days ago some of those Bible margins that Visual Faith put out, especially mm-hmm. with comforting scripture verses. Yes, and I yeah. printed seven copies out, and we've been trying to get together as a family. So today we already had that experience this morning. But the next day or two, I'd like us to sit around the kitchen table and, and all kind of pray and draw color those together. And I think that will be 
my next step in terms of creating a snapshot of, of a faith experience that I get to have with Scripture and Jesus and the Spirit present for me and then also with my family. And that'll that become an artifact good. for a family time together, too. So that's my next yeah. step. That sounds good. And it, I will say, too, you know, with our resources like the... Uh, the margin-shaped uh, uh, verses like Ann Gillespie drew, those are the mm-hmm. ones you're talking about. Yeah. I would say, too, when you add those, whether you trace them in your Bible or just color them in, a lot of times um, it's really helpful for me at the end to just add my own personal prayer. I'll write it mm. along the edge or just a little connection. So I always encourage people, don't feel like you can't add your own words yeah. to the resources that we print out, and that's important, too. Yeah, that's wonderful. That that spirit of invitation and innovation are some, some of the reasons why I'm so glad to be partnering with Visual Faith Ministry. That's near and dear to me and to what we're trying to accomplish at Next Step Press as we invite people to follow Jesus. And, and that spirit of, come on, and you can do it and, and add your own twist to it is definitely part of what we're trying to do, too. Yeah. Uh, I think part of what we'll do is we'll we'll color in those uh, margins, and then we'll write a prayer either on the back or on the side. And my plan was to take a picture of it and then text it or email it to somebody. So we'll, we'll pray for three different people and send them a picture. So it becomes a literal snapshot uh, of a prayer that we're praying for somebody else. And it's a way of us sharing God's word of encouragement with them, too. That's Yeah, that's wonderful. That's, that is one thing that we also teach in visual faith that it's never for our own benefit god's word but it's also for our benefit and then sharing with others so that's what you're talking about doing yeah absolutely that's exactly it you you invite somebody else to experience this with you and and you you equip yourself to to explore god's word and then you share what you've learned with somebody else and in that sharing you're encouraging other people and that word is planted even deeper in your own heart Pat, thank you for the conversation today. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your work with Visual Faith. I'm so pleased with uh, the way this hymn journal turned out. It was a big experiment, and it has been a blessing to many, and you are a key partner in that. So thank you for being with us today. You're welcome, Justin. Thanks for having me. God bless. That was Pat Meyer from Visual Faith Ministry. I'll put a link to their webpage in the description of this podcast. Pat and I also talked about two very specific tools from Visual Faith, and I'll link to those in the description as well. I'll also link to The Hymnal Project. They're the ones that produce the hymn that you heard in the podcast today. Today's episode was made possible by the generous support of patrons of Next Step Press. You'll find information on becoming a patron in the description. I'd like to leave you with this promise, that in the midst of all the crazy, God is gracious, Jesus is present, And the Holy Spirit is drawing us closer to each other as we take a next step. God bless your week.